Welcome to Museum Archipelago. I'm Ian Elsner. Museum Archipelago guides you through the rocky landscape of museums. Each episode is never longer than 15 minutes. So let's get started. In the middle of Bulgaria, not far from the crumbling Buzlizda monument, lies the town of Gabrovo. Situated in a valley of the Balkan mountains, the city prides itself on its unique brand of humor. Many local jokes are self-deprecating about the Gabrovian obsession with frugality and entrepreneurship and center around the comical lengths that townspeople go to save money. The mascot of the city is a black cat without a tail. It is said that Gabrovians prefer cats without tails because then they can shut the door faster when they let their cats out, saving on their heating bills. This used to be the kind of humor that would exist in the, in the region around Gabrovo, not only in Gabrovo. But then Gabrovians were smart enough to brand it as theirs. So <laughs> That's the entrepreneurial. That's the entrepreneurial, <laughs> of course. This is Margarita Dorovska. Hello, my name is Margarita Dorovska. I'm curator by profession, and I'm director of the Museum of Humor and Satire based in Gabrovo, Bulgaria. The museum was founded in 1972. Before the wall fell, this location was known as the communist capital of humor, extending its reach across Eastern Bloc countries and also into certain circles in the West. I visited Gabrovo because I wanted to find out how this political humor and satire museum could have started here during communist times and how the museum is tackling the global, meme-driven culture of the world today. There are a couple of precursors that we have to go through to understand how the museum appeared. Two things. One is the Gabrovo joke. So someone announced a competition in the newspaper that the municipality is paying a certain amount for each joke that gets druid into a collection of Gabrovo jokes. So they collected a lot of, a lot of these jokes, made a book, and this book was absolute bestseller. It was immediately translated in, of course, in Russian, also in different languages like French, English, German. And it started selling very, very well. And uh, the other thing that uh, happened was uh, the carnival, the Gabrovo carnival, which was restarted in the 60s. And it is typical for being a carnival uh, with a lot of political humor and satire. The people running the carnival and later the museum were experts at walking up to the line without crossing it. When we speak of political satire, do not imagine, you know, the, the, the general secretary of the, of the party being satirized. It was very clear to what level the satire can reach. So satire was an instrument in the hands of good communists to fight those who uh, abuse power, but to a certain level. So it extends so, up to maybe a local exactly, official, but never... Exactly. It was very clear where the satire can reach. As to the Gabrovo jokes, they're not political. They, they deal with the economy, with the mentality of the, of the local people. Combining the two, or maybe more realistically, using the Gabrovo jokes as a Trojan horse to present more political satire was what led some entrepreneurial Gabrovians to open the museum. Typical Gabrovo style, they didn't build a new building. Uh, but they refurbished an old leather factory. So the building we are in is... Uh, uh, the former leather factory. First, it was cheaper. Second, it could go slightly unnoticed because you don't need the same kind of permissions to build and to refurbish. And if you wanted your out-of-the-mainstream project to succeed in communist Bulgaria, asking for permission was not the way to go. 
the museum started to put on biennials, festivals held every two years which featured invited Western guests. The first was in 1973. They immediately started with the biennial. The first edition of the biennial was dedicated to cartoons and small satirical sculpture. It was international, and they brought in the jury amazing names, like amazing cartoonists, international. Um, so how could, that, how could that exist? Well, if you think of that time, most cartoonists in the Western world would be critical. They would be leftist, so they would be very welcome in Bulgaria. And that was indeed a gathering place for people from East and West. But there was a problem with that first biennial. The jury selected, for first prize, a cartoonist from Turkey, a country on the other side of the Iron Curtain. The director thought, oh, wow, what we did. And they started asking themselves, but we never asked for permission to make a biennial like that, to make an international biennial, to gather all these people. How are... That's, that's, that's going to be a huge problem. What are we going to do? And um, then he thought, okay, the only thing I can do is go straight to the monster. So the museum's director went straight to the daughter of the general secretary, Ludmela Zhishkova, who would later become Bulgaria's minister of culture. She was, uh, she was good enough to listen. She was uh, smart to perceive good ideas and to support them. So it worked. She came, she opened the biennial, and it all went on well. And they never gave uh, the award anymore to a cartoonist coming from a country that would be an issue. <laughs> the museum and the biennials kept growing until communism collapsed in 1989. In 1989, they had more than 80 foreign guests, artists, jewelry coming for the biennial, and that was massive. After 89 was the collapse, indeed. At that time, there were more than 100 people working in the House of Humor. Because if you think of all the different departments, cinema, literature, folklore, it was a big enterprise with a lot of events, with amazing exhibitions. When I look at photos from exhibitions from the 70s and 80s, I'm absolutely astonished by the exhibition design you see. It's, it's amazing, it's so well done. I don't think anywhere in Bulga Bulgaria uh, exhibitions were so good. After the collapse, the museum staff shrank to a skeleton crew. As you can imagine, until 1989, my colleagues would insist that humor is universal, that all human beings laugh, and humor is omnipresent and universal, and so on. The first fight I sort of had to have with the team when I came was to say, I'm sorry, but humor is not universal. Humor is so culture-based. It's totally culture-based. Of course, it's safer to say humor is universal and not to go into political humor. It's safer, of course, but uh, then you don't do your job. Our mission is to be very, very timely, to be very actual, to show things that are happening today. If a humor and satire museum cannot do that, who else would be able to do that? While a lot has improved over the past decade in Bulgaria, media freedom is declining. Most of the press has been purchased by oligarchs, and corruption and collusion between media and politicians is widespread. You know there are issues with freedom of expression in Bulgaria, with uh, uh, freedom of media, media ownership, and so on. So at least a museum should be some sort of outlet. 
The museum addresses the civic space in Bulgaria with a new temporary children's exhibit called Garden Town. The charming subtitle is Where Mischief Has a Happy End. It's a model of a town where the different neighborhoods address different issues such as, you know, uh, graffiti you're invited to draw or voting over there. That's the place where you go by yourself and it's accidentally a toilet but also a voting room. Um, then we have some guerrilla gardening, making, uh, you know, um, bumps of seeds. And then the, finally is the intensive park. Uh, where kids, because they usually come in groups, they are invited to sit down and have a discussion and reach a decision. We give them some advice about how to have a discussion and also explain how they could reach a decision like tossing a coin or consensus or voting or, you know, different options, including anarchy. (laughs) It's really something to see how far the museum has come from starting within the communist system to reinventing itself to remain relevant in ways that are crucially important to a modern Bulgarian audience. Dorovska admits that the next stage of reinventing, interpreting humor on the internet to an audience that lives mostly online, hasn't happened just yet. That's the first big challenge I could think of. When I I learned that the museum is looking for a director, I came to visit, I looked at it, I was really impressed. And then I thought, okay, how can you change this place? What can you do about it? And how can you make it really fun when all the fun you need is on your phone? You know, you can just scroll for hours and you wouldn't stop laughing. So what can a museum do about that? Are we supposed to show the same things? No, I mean, you don't go to the museum to to, to look at something that you would see on your phone. Internet certainly has changed humor a lot. And this is an exhibition that we've been planning for ages and we are trying to to find the the right research team to to prepare that. Uh, But uh, uh, memes, uh, all the different uh, funny games, it's it's really interesting to see how internet has been changing humor and where are we at now. The way that jokes developed in Gabrivo, where people told slightly different versions to each other, and in the process, carefully distilled the most shareable essence of the joke, mirrors the way that memes are forged in online communities, constantly morphing to get more attention. Maybe the best chance we have of interpreting communities online and off comes from a humor museum. The Gabrivo Museum of Humor and Satire, which has already morphed through 20 years of communism and 30 years of democracy, is a good place to start. Just close the door quickly when you let the cat out. This has been Museum Archipelago. You'll find a full transcript of this episode, along with show notes, at museumarchipelago.com. Club Archipelago members get access to a bonus podcast feed that's sort of like the director's commentary to the main show, and fun extras like stickers. Support the show and join Club Archipelago today for $2 at patreon.com slash museumarchipelago. Thanks for listening, and next time, bring a friend.